Hey guys, I guess it's time for another solo episode. <laughs> I've been thinking about doing one of these for a long time now, but it's easy to procrastinate. Um, there's always anxiety about whether a solo episode is vain and who wants to listen to just me talk about myself and my thoughts and my feelings. But uh, I know I always appreciate other people when they talk about their own life and their thoughts and their feelings. And uh, I've been feeling that uh, I really enjoyed my podcast, um, really enjoyed the guests I have on, but I'm almost too comfortable now. I'm used to it. I enjoy it, but... It's uh, it's routine now. When I first started the episodes, it was really scary. I was really worried about what people would think and what I would talk about and how it would sound and, you know, all the things that come with starting something new, starting something public. But now 26 episodes or more or so into it, I felt pretty comfortable and that's a nice thing, but there's always something to be said about pushing yourself uh, into what you're not comfortable with. And I've been feeling a little stale. Um, but want to change things up a little bit. Want to be more vulnerable, more authentic, um, more heart-centered. <laughs> I know I originally said in my first episode, that that's what I wanted this podcast to be. And I do think it is somewhat, but there's always more you can get into that. Um, so yeah, you guys uh, let me know on social media, or if you know me, text me, or um, just what you think about the episodes so far, and what you think about my solo episodes, um, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, I want to hear your feedback and what, what kind of episodes you like. Um, you know, there's episodes ranging from mental health, um, about theology, um, about stories, about awakening or some, you know, more woo woo stuff like aliens and energy healing, stuff like that. So tell me what kind of episodes you like and what, what do you like to hear about? Um, I'm, I'm happy that I don't feel like I'm slowing down, um, always have more ideas to talk about. Um, got a couple more guests planning on coming on the episode. going to talk about early Christianity. Um, going to talk about occult and magic. So I'm excited about those. And I've got some more potential episodes and I've got ideas and some people I'm interested in having. So um, always feels like there's coming up with more ideas. So I'm happy about that. I just want to talk a little bit about, uh, my journey where I'm at right now. I'm, uh, doing spiritual integration coaching and that's to help people who have awakenings like I have or other spiritual experiences. Um, and to help them make sense of that, help them to integrate that to ground themselves down to reality or to everyday reality, you know, the physical 
and how they can apply what they've learned into their into their lives and how they can come back down and uh, function in everyday society. Uh, I know it's not easy. I've been there myself. But it's also um, for anybody who's spiritual, who wants to grow and learn and um, could use some help or just feedback from from a coach or um yeah and uh in my training i've been doing practice sessions and those have been really great um it's always helps with anxiety when you start doing something um that you're anxious about uh instead of that being in the future and that being an unknown it becomes reality and you get to see how it actually applies and how you do um it's been encouraging um, to see feedback and um, to actually be doing it, it's, it's been helpful. And I'm also um, doing sessions as a as a client as well. And um, it's really uh, revealing things about myself. <laughs> it's not always easy, but it's good. Um, I think I'm pretty good. Uh, this this podcast helps in exploring my thoughts, um, my beliefs, and ideas. But the sessions are revealing that um, <laughs> that there's emotion inside me that uh, is trapped um, and that's in the unconscious. And that emotion comes up sometimes in sessions. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't know that was there. Uh, but it's really great. It always feels good to keep moving and growing and learning more about yourself and healing. Um, progress feels good. Um, and I also want to incorporate that into my podcast and what I'm learning about myself. Um, and one thing that I've been learning that I, I think the podcast is also teaching me is that um, within Christianity, uh, at least evangelical Christianity, you know, there's this um, kind of dualistic understanding of God, um, in the universe and God being separate from man. And I would say our understanding of ourselves as, um, sinful, uh, at the core. Um, and that love between us and God is conditional. Um, now I don't think everyone believes this, but, it's there. And my understanding is God is unconditional love and that also he is not separate from us and that he is within all things and labels, um, such as Christian or, you know, symbols of baptism. Uh, that's not really, those are just symbols, you know, those are just labels, but it's more about, the heart and yeah, it goes deeper than that. And it goes beyond labels of Christian or non-Christian or Muslim or Hindu or whatever. And these deeper things are what really, really matter. Um, and so I think it's also helping me understand that because of my, beliefs I can handle if I have different 
understandings of things intellectually than others. Um, I forgot theology is different. I'm learning to be okay with that even more. And I, I find my people that I connect with there and that need is, is met and I can discuss with, with certain people and that's a safe place. My podcast is a safe place for that. But what's harder is when I feel emotionally different than other people. And when it comes to deeply held beliefs and how I feel about these things, um, that's even harder than just having different theological beliefs. And I think it's harder for, it's just a, it's a safety thing. It's, can I feel safe to feel a certain way? And I think that's harder for other people to handle as well. And, you know, if they feel differently, that's harder for me as well. Uh, if they have different beliefs in their head, that's one thing. But if we feel differently, that's something that's harder to reconcile and to hold space for each other. So that's a challenge. And that's uh, something to work on for myself to continue to work on. Um, but also I think uh, it's important to find people and places um, to be able to share emotionally how I feel about beliefs and in life and everything like that. And, um, I'm just, you know, coming to understand how important community is. Um, you know, I definitely think that I connect one-on-one or in small groups the best, but there's something to say about community and, um, shared, um, safe space, but also shared rituals and spiritual practices together. Um, and that can be very powerful and, uh, it's not, it's not as easy, easy for me to find these days. Um, but that's, that's part of the, part of the journey. Um, another thing I wanted to share about this re- really interesting to me. Um, and again, I'm, I'm feeling resistance cause it feels very personal and like who else cares or what does it matter? But again, I know it matters and I care when other people share and it's helpful. So, um, I recently watched the movie inside out again for the second time. And the reason I did is because I, in my awakening, um, something I haven't shared yet about that. When the last day, um, when I went back to Waco, when I was taken to the hospital, when I was in the hospital, when I was on the hospital bed, I felt like symbolically that bed was like in the movie Inside Out. This toy named Bing Bong um, has a wagon, and this wagon was his magic rainbow-powered wagon that propelled him wherever he wanted to go. And it was propelled by a song. And I felt that I was on this wagon and I was with Bing Bong. And then I was given meds and taken the psych ward and, and that went away. And in the movie Inside Out, um, Bing Bong is eventually um, pushed into the, the void of the main character's unconscious and where memories are forgotten. 
and he has to help the character joy the emotion joy um back to the prefrontal cortex of the of the main character's brain so that she can take charge and help help the main character find joy again and he realizes that he's fading away that the main character is growing up and no longer needs him and is forgetting him and that joy can't get past the abyss and get back to where she needs to be with his weight in the wagon as well. So he lets himself go and he fades away. And so I was just wondering what significance was that remembrance or that association association with inside out in my awakening because I've come to realize that everything in my awakening had some symbolic significance in my life and mean something. So I never really explored that aspect of my awakening. And so in my coaching session I did, and I was amazed (laughs) to find a lot of association and um, resemblance. Um, So to give a little little bit more about inside out, the main character moves with their family to a new place and uh, it's hard for her. Her parents um, have adult issues going on and they can't really be there for her and she feels lost and afraid and sad and angry. And up until this point, most of her life had been uh, ruled by, her main emotion she'd been feeling was joy. Um, Joy had the controls um, in her brain most of the time. But now she'd lost her joy and even her sadness and all she was feeling was anger, disgust, and fear. And she was also losing her personality, what she'd grown up with as a little kid. And uh, she wanted to find her joy again and recapture that childhood innocence and who she was. And so anger at the controls... um, was pushing her to run away on a bus. And she started doing that um, until last minute. She thought better and joy came back. And uh, sadness actually was at the controls and helping her feel sadness and feel her emotions. And um, she went back to her parents and expressed her sadness. And her parents helped her work through that. Um, Whereas before, unconsciously, her parents had... Um, kind of reinforce that she should feel happy. And of course, they just wanted her to be happy, but uh, she was pushing down all her negative emotions. And she, at this point in her stage of development, she didn't realize, uh, she thought that joy should be at the controls. And that's how joy felt and that sadness couldn't just try to push that away. But um, in the story, uh, sadness um, helped Bing Bong because Bing Bong was sad that he was getting neglected and um, he was crying and Joy was trying to make him feel happy but that didn't work so sadness sat with him and he worked through his sadness and then he was able to carry on and so Joy learned that sadness was important in helping people process and Joy also learned that sadness in um, experience 
often led to joy. And so sadness is an important thing to feel and to process through. And joy also learned that memories can be more complex. Um, so the main character, she lost Bing Bong. Um, she lost her childhood personality. She lost her, I think what Bing Bong stood for was innocence and carefreeness and just pure emotion, uh, pure unfiltered, like one emotion, like sadness or joy or anger. Um, and her emotions became more complex. And so she would feel some sadness mixed with happiness and joy or anger mixed with disgust and anger mixed with happiness and all the different combinations, you know, <laughs> and of course we know even in the store, there's a lot more emotions than just the four emotions that were shown. Um, and so what this represented for me was, was actually really interesting because in my awakening, I felt a lot of joy and whenever I came home after being in the hospital, I was transitioning meds and I was feeling a lot of anger um, because I wanted to go back to Waco. I thought I was fine. I want to get back to my life. And I think I wanted to recapture that awakening and that joy that I had experienced. And I was upset with my parents because um, I didn't feel like they understood what had happened to me either. They acknowledged the the positive parts about it and the significance and also that I was fine. Uh, it's like they didn't respect me. Um, but, but I really wasn't fine and I really wasn't ready to go back. And I got put in the psych ward again and got different meds and then I was better. Uh, but in that I also wanted to run away on a, and go back on a bus just like the main character in Inside Out. So it's almost like a precognition. So that's really interesting. But I also realized um, from my awakening that I could never go back. Um, I could never go back to how I felt about the universe and about my beliefs and how I thought about my faith. Um, I could never see it as simplistic or as dualistic as I did before. I couldn't see God as conditional or things so black and white or God is separate from us. Um, and in many ways that was a, that was a beautiful thing. That was a, a great thing, but it also made, um, made things complex and I didn't deal with that for many years. And I just was trying to, get grounded and just find a job and just survive. But once I started really going on my spiritual journey and dealing with my emotions and all this anger and sadness arose, um, and really allowing like inside out, allowing for those other emotions besides joy to be there and to fill through those. And in, in the movie, joy never, like even if these other emotions were at the control center and that was what the main character was feeling most joy didn't, wasn't just like gone. She was still there, but she wasn't in control. And 
um, you could see in the mom and dad's mind that all the emotions were at the control panel and they were all speaking together. They all were in a relationship and they all understood the importance of each other. And so that's been part of my journey is that it's okay to feel negative emotions and to process through that and that they all play an important role. And so, um, but I think the sad thing, you know, bing bong faded away. And so the awakening was a death and rebirth in my life, a new step. And things weren't just not as simplistic. Now, I think there's both simplicity in the universe and there's complexity. Simplicity and it's all about love and relationships. But how that plays out, how that interacts and, you know, what is the universe and how it works and who is God and theology and all that, that's infinitely complex and we'll never get to the bottom of it. Um, and I'm, that's, that's hard, but it's also fun. And it's part of the, the fun of things. But um, I just think that that realization and what Inside Out taught me is that I can't, I think that some, sometimes I feel like, um, you know, people just want me to feed in, fill into that sense of the simple, there's a simplicity, just love other people and, and have be in relationship and it's okay if we have different beliefs. And I, I'm on board with that, but at the same time, it is complex. Um, and if we feel differently based on beliefs and it does create some distance and some complex things and how do we interact? How do we get along with each other and stuff like that? Um, and just how do we move forward? And so I think I've been coming to terms with that and learning how to do that and learning to not push aside the complexity of things and that that's, that's part of life too. And that's fine. That's okay. And that, uh, I can't go back to the way I was before my awakening and that simplicity and that that's okay. So I hope that this has been helpful for some people. I hope that it, um, speaks to them and means something to them and makes sense. Um, I think inside out is a amazing movie and just helps us deal with ourselves. Um, and helps us surrender to the complexity in our minds and our emotions. And there's, there, I think you could say there, there's multiple parts of ourselves inside of us. And sometimes they contradict and they um, conflict with each other and, and they say different things. And so we can stuff those down and be like, no, I'm, I'm one way or I want this one, one way. Or I want to be this, this certain way, but we have to be honest with ourselves. Um, if we want to heal and we want to grow, and we want to mature that there is multiple parts and they're saying different things and they're feeling different things. And how can we listen to all of those and how can we find, um, relationship with all of them? And, um, how can we make decisions, uh, when they're saying different things, where can we go from here? And so I think you have to dive into that complexity and, um, that's the journey of becoming who we are. <laughs> I also want to talk about uh, another show I've been watching 
called Loki. So if you haven't seen it or you want to see it, um, stop listening now because there's spoilers. <laughs> but uh, very briefly, um, Loki, the main character, uh, is living, finds out he's living in a multiverse and there's an organization that controls timelines, different um, universes, different uh, different stories of, of the universe uh, and different variations and different variations of himself and everyone else. And certain characters in these timelines are called variants and they break timelines and they create chaos in the multiverse. And so this organization finds these characters and erases their memory and brings them in to this organization and they work for it or it prunes these variants totally and they're erased. Now Loki finds another version of himself that is a worse variant than himself. And she has been running from this organization her whole life because they're trying to destroy her. And she hates this organization and she wants to destroy it. And she wants to destroy the person who's responsible for creating this organization. And so in season one, she, she does that. She finds this guy named he who remains kind of the God figure. And he created this organization. But what she did is um, she destroyed the... She created more timelines, basically, and created more chaos. And so season two, this organization is trying to keep order and keep chaos, um, keep the multiverse from exploding but they're unable to do so. The episode I just watched, it's not finished with season two yet. There was a line that Loki says that really stood out to me. It's really poignant. And I think it has to do with, um, or really speaks to a lot of what people are going through these days. Um, And I can't remember the line exactly, but basically Loki is working for the organization instead of trying to destroy it. And his other variant, his other self is she, she, it's a, she (laughs) is asking him or or just wanting to destroy it and and wondering why is he trying to protect this evil organization that, um, is, you know, kills variants or erases their memory and takes them out of their, their life to work for them. And, He's, he said something to the effect of it's very easy to be bitter and angry and want to, to destroy things and break them down, but it's hard to have hope and to create order. And it just really made me think about, um, deconstructionists, evangelicalism, the church, Christianity, religion. Um, I see people at different points of, Hey, I want to leave Christianity, leave religion, which I think is fine. Um, I think it can be healthy um, for a time. And um, even disbelieving in God 
um, for a time I think can be healthy. Um, but I don't think it's healthy to stay there. I don't think it's healthy to stay in this bitter, angry uh, place and want to break everything down to deconstruct forever. Um, because there has to be something to stand on some hope and some bigger picture of the universe. Um, I think something greater than yourself, something to create order and to hold things together. Um, and I do think that religion and churches and mosques and these things, um, have provided that and it's important to it's important to point out the corruption and try to correct that and i think like in the in the show loki is trying to reform the organization but also not to totally deconstruct it to destroy it um and that it plays an important function it has played an important function um and i think that religion and organizations have and so you know i i am also not against religion and churches and organization um and you could say the same thing about the government um government can be very corrupt and create a lot of issues but it's also important it creates order and creates peace and um good things as well um and so you know we need these things but how can we figure out a way to um, reconstruct them and correct these errors um, while also not totally destroying them? Um, how can we get past, how can we heal and get past our wounds and just seeing negativity in these things? And, um, and even myself, you know, I'm looking for um, spiritual community and that may or may not be a Christian church, but, um, you know, I don't also want to completely leave Christianity altogether and give up on it. Um, but I do think it needs some reconstruction. And, um, I think that it depends on, yeah, it depends on your journey and also like where you're at and how healthy you are. Cause, um, if you're not in a place of, healing and health um or, or if you're not in a place that um is safe or can listen to criticism at all or reform or reconstruct um or see the the, the need for that um then it's it's not a, not a place for you um i think of you know jesus he he was within Judaism, but he's also without it. You know, he grew up going to the temple and talking to the Pharisees and asking them questions. Um, he grew up learning about Judaism and the Old Testament and everything. is very knowledgeable about all that. And he also um, preached in some temples and um, worked with some religious leaders, but he also spent a lot of time out in the wilderness and nature and preaching out in the open away from the organization. And he corrected Judaism as well and reconstructed in a new way. So I think it's just finding that balance, that synthesis um, of both.
And uh, I don't know exactly what that looks like or what that means or how to do that. But I think it's um, just something to keep in mind and to see where see what happens. And just like that, I'll also see what, what happens in Loki. <laughs> how does he resolve? How do they resolve things? How do they figure out things? So it'll be interesting to see what happens because in the last episode... Um, it appears that every everything is destroyed. That the chaos is too much, and so um, we'll see what happens. <laughs>